Thank you so much for joining me tonight on another episode. As always, I want to thank the people that are listening and the new people that are showing up. And thank you guys for sharing. All of that is wonderful. And it's a really good deed. Hopefully somebody out there needs this. And uh, when you send it to someone else, uh, it's kind of like I'm trying to speak for you. (laughs) If you want to tell them something and uh, I happened to say it that day or happened to say it in one of the episodes, go ahead and send it to them. I'll take the blame. (laughs) You won't. (laughs) Anyways, also, I don't want to forget to give you guys my email. So it's T-A-L-A-I-B-R-A-8-8-8-8 at gmail.com. And you can email me topics that you would like me to discuss or whatever you'd like to email me. That would be great. I'd like to communicate with you guys since my social media is non-existent practically. I would like to make contact with you guys. And I want to start a segment on relationships pretty soon that I do weekly. Because I think I do it weekly anyways. But I would like to do one that's uh, just talking about one of the cases that you guys submit. So any kind of relationship advice that you guys want. Just give me a little bit of background on there. And change the names up so this way there's no identifiable information. And I could pick it for one of the podcasts. So we could discuss that case in that relationship. I hope that helps and that makes sense because I'm, I'm really wanting to expand on relationships. It seems like that's uh, one of the things that I'm constantly getting asked about. And also, most of my work has a lot to do with relationships. So I'm finding out, people, that we learn our best lessons from relationships. Why not? Yeah, send me what you want advice on. It would be like Dear Abby, but it, Dear Tala. Since it's not a live thing, you know, back in the day, you would send a letter to the newspaper and Dear Abby would respond. So this time it's Dear Tala (laughs) through email because Tala does not have any live mixers or equipment to take callers. All right, that's that. Moving on to the next topic, which is a topic about work. And I'll get into it a little bit more. It's not just work. We spend... I think more than 50% of our time at work, we have such a glorified sense of self about it. You know, I'm a workaholic. I'm a perfectionist. I'm a hard worker. I feel productive. All those things are just simply mm, ways that we get our value from, words and statements that we get our value from. But we find out that sure enough, at one point, nothing that we do is going to be enough. We end up feeling like we're not acknowledged for the work that we do. We don't know how to take breaks and enjoy the hell out of them. Sometimes we retire and we're like, what do I do now? I don't feel productive. And then a whole bout of depression starts flowing through. All of which are just simply preventable. They're preventable, my friends. But it's a common milestone for humanity for us to get our value Again, from the external, You've, this is not the first time you've heard me say this. Again, I know that some of you are rolling your eyes like, we've heard this before, Tala. Yes, and you'll keep hearing it from me, my friends, because it's going to be relevant to your work. <clears throat> we choose our work through the idea of sublimation. It's a psychoanalytic perspective, but 
I like it. It's my favorite. I know, I know. It's like an old-fashioned idea, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and entertain it because it was my favorite way to describe what this feels like, this work that I'm going to be talking about because there's work that we're all doing. Like I said, it's the kind that we need to show our value in. We get our value from. We get our identity from. And then this is the other type of work, which I'm going to talk about, which is more of like a calling Something that cannot be measured in how much you do. It's where you feel the most flow in. Where you feel the most inspired in all the time. It's never ending inspiration for you. And you'll know it. You'll know that you're in the flow. You do it effortlessly. And other people say, oh my God, it's... I don't know how you do it. It's so hard. But you do it effortlessly. And you've been doing it probably since the day you were able to be consciously aware of what you're doing. (laughs) You've always done it. I like to describe this from a psychological perspective, of course, rolling my eyes, uh, that I thought was the most closely related to what I'm about to say. I mean, it's not exactly what I'm about, you know what I mean, but it's pretty close. This idea of sublimation at work, and I don't remember who the psychologist is uh, that referred to this, but sublimation actually came from a Freudian uh, concept. It's the subconscious drive that we have to do, subconscious urges or drives that we have to uh, inspire the action that we do, basically. We use this at work as well by how we choose our jobs. We have a subconscious desire. For example, a person that likes to, uh, has a deep down urge to touch meat and dissect things and, you know, it can go both ways. You can be a murderer. Or you could be a butcher where you can feel like you're in the flow. You feel like, wow, I am, when I do my thing, when I'm butchering, I am the most elevated. I feel like I'm in the flow. It's effortless. And people are usually incredibly amazed by how I'm able to do that. And why I'm putting people in there, not because I think you get your value from people, because that's not what I mean. You know me better. You guys know me better. But how I mean it is that it helps other people as well. Your flow and you being in the flow is actually helpful to humanity. You're good at this one thing that you do and you are of help uh, to humanity because of it. Make no mistake, we are here in some form to help out each other. It's not a one-man show. If it was a one-man show, we'd be occupying plenty of space where it's pretty spacious all around the world. But we all like to stick together. Hence, the populations are growing together. They're not separate from one another. I hope that makes sense. But anyways, yeah. So sublimation is how we choose our job. For example, if you're a control freak and you enjoy organization and control, you could be uh, an an organizer, a, a cleaning and organizing person who does that for a living. If you are... I don't know what other profession, but there's so many. There, I mean, I could, I'm going blank right now because I'm on the spot. But it, it could refer to anything, anything at all. For example, for me, it was, I, I, I'm still trying to get an idea, but I, I think for me is breaking down concepts. I can take concepts that you might have heard before and I can break them down and we teach them in a way to help. I don't know how I do it. But I know I do it. I know I break things down in my head. I've, I've been doing it since I was a kid. And I have to redo 
and teach. I love to teach that way. It seems, it makes sense. Like it makes sense because I was a teacher before. I've always followed that. But then I went on to be a counselor as well. So it, it never stopped for me. It never stopped. And of course today, even in a podcast, I'm doing a bit of both. I like the human, human brain, human interaction. I enjoy that, that substance. And I also enjoy teaching it, breaking it down for you. And so I feel like I'm in mostly in the flow when I'm doing that. I feel the most gratification when I'm doing that. Even if a person who's not doing it well, when they're in the flow, it is, it works. I don't know how it works. It just works, people. You, you'll know it when you're doing it. For example, an artist, they may not be good at anything else, but when they're in the flow doing the artwork, they may not even understand humanity, but when they're doing their artwork, it's inspiring. It elevates the human spirit. That's what it's meant to do. We all have that in us. We all have that in us. I think off the record, you guys, not evidence-based, but I think that we are all supposed to be working within our flow. And when we don't do it, when we're trying to measure it, when we're trying to sell it, when we're trying to be acknowledged for it, it becomes not as useful not as superior in its quality. We can do anything once again, but when we do it within our flow, when we're making contact and engaging with it that way, it is amazing. It comes out effortlessly and again, elevates the human spirit. So again, you know, how much money I make could be measured. If I get acknowledged or not acknowledged could be measured. And I could, if my identity is based on those things then I would be in trouble because when I'm not getting those things, I could fall apart at work. <laughs> I could think that these are the, the reasons why I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, why I'm doing my calling. So a calling is not a job. It's not an actual title. That's a man-made thing. It's a man-made thing. But human nature says that we do have a calling. We're just good at what it is that whatever, whatever it is that we're supposed to contribute to the world. We're good at it. It can show up at work. It can blossom at work, but it's not necessarily just there. It is everywhere you go. I could be standing in the middle of Walmart and figuring out how to uh, make a recipe out of five different ingredients that just make no sense, but I could just figure out, oh, like I have that anyways, and then I can just cook them all together. That could be my flow, you know? So I can reconstruct things out of really very little resources. I can make it work. And our life usually complements that. If you're really living your life on that plane of inspiration, where you're following your calling, when you're following that flow, that bliss, your life will probably show that at one point. But when we get caught up in the policies, in the laws of our work in the regulations, expectations, the need for acknowledgement, the need for measurable outcomes, then we could get kind of mixed up. Our priorities can get kind of confused. We start to think that that's all we are, are those things. And when we don't get them, our identity gets shot down. Heck, when we lose our job, if we lose our job, I'm not saying when we, but we could, absolutely, it's, everything is temporary. If we lose our job, 
we could fall apart real quick. Our identity gets re-questioned because it was on the basis of that title or that job or that amount of money that you made. There's really nothing after that once I, once that gets taken away. So I want you to know that when you are inspired and living your life based on the calling and doing your work, your shopping, grocery shopping, your interaction with your children based on that and, and even interaction with others based on that calling or that flow that you are just magical at, whatever it is that you do, when you are doing that thing, everything works out well. Everything. You're just good at it. You're, you're everything. And then it's it never goes away because you can produce it anytime you want. It's not contingent on a job or a title. Any of that. You are that person who does that thing that you do. That you are the only one that knows what you do. Everybody can see it. Everybody knows it but can't put their finger on it. But you know. I need you to know. So this way you're never lost. You never get so limited by your job and the limitations and the constrictions of that job and that what that job comes with, the title and all the regulations and whatever. I think of teachers when I think of that situation, when it comes to calling and sublimation, all that good stuff. If you talk to any teacher, most of them will tell you that, yes, they wanted to help children, they want to inspire children. They have a thing for that. They want to be... Uh, useful in that form and it's a strong desire that's why they go through the education which is quite a bit of education quite a bit of testing that they take and licensure that they have to maintain and they get into the schools and what is happening is that that passion and drive they come in with uh, gets stomped on <laughs> pretty quickly because then everything becomes so regulated how we teach children becomes so regulated and there's so many evaluations and so many ways that teachers are, so many um, expectations they have to meet, such as benchmarks and standards, policies, and parents that come in and say, well, no, I need you to do your job. And uh, they tell them what the job is, apparently. And that happens as well, too, for, for the teachers. They go through a lot. They go through a lot. And what they come in with is really this feeling of a, of a calling to do what they do. And after a while, their passion kind of leaves. Their priorities get shifted. So it's no longer a calling. It becomes about, I need to maintain an evaluation. I need to stay out of trouble. I need to stay out of um, being acknowledged for the wrong thing, basically. Uh, not to rock any boats. I need to maintain benchmarks and standards. And the last thing I hear about is the kid. Very tricky. The last thing I hear about is the kid. The kid now becomes a, a side note of enjoyment because I have all the stuff that I have to do on my plate when it comes to being a teacher that what I came in for has been lost, which is the children. Engagement with the, with the children. So how do we lose our perspective? You know, what happens to us? So the work that we have to do is to revisit that calling. We have to get really quite sure about our priorities when we do what we do. And the priority is not a number. It's not a measurable goal. Okay? It's not something that anybody else expects you to do. It is something that comes from inside. 
you know, for me, counseling is not about the measurable goal. Every patient has a measure that has to have a measurable goal when a diagnosis and they have to meet this measurable goal goal. But that's not my priority with patients. My priority with patients is to meet them where they're at when it comes to change and work through their barriers and get them to a place where they're internally driven rather external than externally driven. That's like my main thing. I know that's what I'm better at. It doesn't mean that they're going to get there with me. And I'm not basing my reward on that. (laughs) This feeling of rewarding, this rewarding feeling that I can get from work. I'm not basing it on that. I'm basing it on whoever comes into this room, this office with me for a session is usually meant to come in there for that purpose. There's nothing that I do at all that's any special except that I'm very good at hearing when you need to change and the barriers that don't work for you anymore. That, that's I don't know how I do it. I just do it. And I challenge patients with it. But the same kind of trick is I use it everywhere. I can be patient when I need to be. I can be loving uh, with no conditions. And those situations help me through. I can't pinpoint exactly what it is what I do. I don't know what it is, but when I'm doing it, it feels like I'm home. It feels like it's natural. I'm born with it. And I get to do it without the ego. I get to do it without the need for acknowledgement. It just gets done. It gets done. And it's something that has to do with what I naturally do. I don't know what what exactly it's related to, but it has a lot to do with people. It has a lot to do with change. And I think it's closely, very closely tied to healing others, to help in that process. How I, in how I teach and looking at important concepts in my life and breaking them down. For example, if I want to know about self-love, I can break that down into little instruct, mini instruction manual for you (laughs) and anything really, and um, help you through and meet you where you're at when it comes to wherever you are at your journey. That's what I'm good at. It'll show up at work. Like I said, but I believe it's everywhere else too. I do believe it's a, it, the parts of it are showing everywhere else. That's what I mean about it. It being a natural thing for us as humans is, uh, it's not a name. It's not a title. I can't call it being a counselor because it's not a counseling thing necessarily for everybody who's a counselor, but it is something that's a human trait. And I know that its purpose is to serve other humans. And that's what you guys are asked to look at. In whatever it is that you do that you do so well, make that the priority. Is What is it that you do so well within that job? And it's not the title. Again, it's not the numbers. It's not the, the, the goals, the acknowledgement, the title. It, n- n- none of these, none of these are the clue. The clue is your priority. What did you go into this profession wanting to do? Why were you inspired or attracted to this profession or this kind of job? What made it so appealing? Reprioritize the human element, what you want from it as a human, what you feel inspired to do as a human with other humans. That's what I'm very interested in knowing. I want you to discover that because once you do that, then when you go back to work, You're not making paperwork 
goals, meetings, numbers, a priority. There are things that you do do, but what you really shine at is whatever it is that you get to do in service to other people, whatever feels good to you to do, whatever you've been attracted to do. And it's, again, not a human, not a man-made thing. It's a human nature thing. It's natural to you. It's something that you do very well. So I hope this makes sense because I was going to talk about why we hate our jobs, but I wanted to kind of approach it this way because it's it just makes sense to me to explain this before I even talk about anything else. I want us to be inspired. I want us to reprioritize and get our value, not from the outcome of whatever that job brings, but rather the outcome that we get and how we feel about it when we accomplish what it is that we do. So I feel so at home for me when I am talking to another human being and listening to them on their part of journey and I get to interact with them on this depth and this intimate level. It just inspires the hell out of me. (laughs) Now, many people can confuse it. You know, my boss can confuse it with numbers and she can come and tell me, hey, Tala, you know, you're not meeting the quota or whatever, or you need to accomplish all these reports before a certain deadline or whatever. And that doesn't matter to me. <laughs> it, it matters to me on the level that, of course, I, ha- I know where it's at in my brain. I have it in the right spot, but it's not front and center. It gets done and I, ha- and I do it with quality, but it's not where all my energy gets put because I'm not going to be happy if I think that my deadlines and my reports are all I am. Oh, and I'm, I'm not a measurable human being. I'm an infinite human being, limitless human being. And when I live on the plane of inspiration, that is limitless. That cannot be measured. Oh, I'm the happiest. I'm at home. It's like, I know why I'm here. It's a purpose. So again, I don't want you to lose that purpose because if you put it all on the reports and that's the title and everything, when you don't do that stuff anymore, when you happen to retire, what are you going to be with? What are you, where are you going to get your value from? And most people that retire have a hard time with that. They've gotten their value from being this way for so long that when they don't have that title anymore, that position anymore, they don't know what to do with themselves. They can't sit still. They can't enjoy it. So although we think that retirement is a wonderful thing, I found out, my friends, that it's not always a great trip, especially when your priorities have been off for so long. Your clue is that if you are stressed at work, if all this stuff is happening to you, if you have too much stuff on your plate, if you can't meet expectations and having a hard time with your own self-emotional regulation when it comes to work, and even perceive it as a threat, all these things are indication that you're not working with your flow yet, okay? All those things that we have to do at work are important. We got to do them, but they're not where I get my action from, where I get my self-love from. I get my reward from sitting with you and from listening to your story and being part of that somehow, even if it's a small, tiny bar. And I am a small, tiny part of your story, but I get to enjoy being part of that, that intimate interaction. So, all right, I hope this helped uh, inspire you to, to take a look again at what you do and really, really change what you do and how you do it. Thank you so much for all the inspiration you guys hit me with. 
and I hope to hear from you soon. Email me, please, and let me know what you what topics you want me to address or which topics you want me to talk about a little bit more. I'm sending you guys a lot of love, a lot of love, and this has been an episode of Drive Through Therapy. Mm-hmm.